Can you hear me? Mic check, one, two. Am I good? I'm good? Sweet, 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 sweet. He just started going off on my wife. Man, it's my time. It's my, my time. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Um, I am so excited to be here with you guys. I, I'm, I was telling Jonathan doing worship, man, there's so much faith here. It's, I mean, it's, you could, it's just vibing. I, I could feel that. And it was, it's, it's good to be in a place like that because sometimes we're in places where things just aren't going well. You know, and so, uh, like Johnson said, he met me when I was about 18 years old. I'm from inner city Houston. Um, grew up liking rap music and actually did writing some myself. And my wife is from uh, just middle of nowhere, Kansas, just north of Emporia. And so loves country. So our kids' uh, future musical skills will be uh, country rap, you know. So, um, and so, but... I made the choice to attend KU because K-State had an essay I had to turn in with my application. So you guys kind of missed out. I'm sorry, you know. Um, but uh, I, KU was that school that didn't have an essay. So I filled out the application, sent it in at the time. I did not like writing. And so they said, yes, come to KU. I was chasing a dream to be a, a football player and play in the NFL. And KU being at the school in the, in the Big 12, that's what a, what, a, what a chance to get on, walk on, and if I could, you know, start my, my career as a, a, a big-time athlete. You know, things didn't go as well, but there was something I encountered. And my freshman year at KU, through a ministry, through Call to Greatness, I was, uh, someone approached me about uh, what it really meant to follow Jesus. And so they really challenged me. They say, look, your identity in sports, but God wants to give you an identity that no one could take from you or give. And I really accepted that, and that's what I wanted. And so I I ended up graduating, um, first person in my family to graduate college with a uh, degree in African African American Studies and English English Creative Writing, right? You see the kind of the irony in that? Didn't like writing, but I ended up graduating with a degree in writing. So um, a lot of great things happened my freshman year. uh, or as I was attending KU and, and being a part of the community, um, you know, Jonathan said he met me at 18, him and Reagan. They were actually the first people to give me, they were the people to give me my first vehicle that, that was mine that I had to take care of. And it was a Toyota Carissa. It was the sedan of its day. 1983. 1983. <laughs> so, so when I got it, it was, it was a year or two before it became a classic. <laughs> And we and myself, and you guys, many of you know our friend Dan Coke. This is back when he was single. Him and I took that vehicle to Nashville a couple times, and I would take it back and forth to Kansas City. I mean, this thing, I, I fell in love with this thing, right? So, um, like I said, I was from Houston. One of the things about Houston is um, these, um, we call them, uh, I don't forgot what they call them now, but these vehicles that you would dress up really well. You would uh, candy paint them, put in speakers, uh, uh, um, little TVs in a, in a headrest, you know. And so I was on my way with this Caressa to do that. Uh, it was, uh, uh, and so I had 12s in there, you know, but I was always banging Jesus music, right? So to give me, you know, so I was trying to vibe with the culture. But at that moment, that meant a lot to me, right? Because a lot of growing up in the inner city of Houston, single parent home, I didn't have uh, the, the type of needs that were being met especially from a, a father-type figure. And so for someone to give me a car, it's like, man, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And so that was really a blessing to me. Um, I, like he said, we have been working for Call to Greatness um, um, for, for years now and been in ministry. And 
our hearts were really moved to really connect with youth, middle school and high school students. I actually heard God as a 12-year-old. I was walking home. I'm sorry, I wasn't 12. At 12 is when I did an altar call. I probably was about 10, and I was walking home from my elementary school, and there was an event going on where um, it was something like I needed to have my dad be there. And I was like, man, my dad's not living with us, and I don't want to tell my mom about it because I don't want them to have to argue about him being at another event. God, who is my father? And God said, I am your father in heaven. And I really latched on to that. You know, and so um, as, we, as I continued to grow up and then went into ministry, and I, I told you that I had given my life to God at 12, what had happened was after that altar call, there was no follow-up, there was no discipleship. So going into ministry meant for me is not only are we going to share the gospel with these young people, but we're going to help disciple them and help them grow. And so we had did that for about 12, 13 years. And God really put on our heart this, this idea that, like, look, you know, more than that, we have to, you, I, I would like for you to be discipling families, giving families tools to help, have them have successful living. And so Tori and I, living in Lawrence at the time, more southern part of Lawrence, I mean, it's not like it's Houston or anything, but south part of Lawrence, we ended up uprooting and moving to East Lawrence where a lot of the people we were connecting with were living. And so that's, that's currently what we're, what's going on in our life right now, where we're ministering there in East, East Lawrence. Love it, love every part of it, and it's a great time. So if you're thinking about moving, not to take anyone from Bluemont, but come to East Lawrence. Um, uh, so, so with that, we, 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 and I, I mentioned to you that we were, we heard, I heard uh, God's voice at a very young age. Um, sometimes we get in a situation where it's hard for us to hear God. We want to hear God. We want to hear him in our relationships. We want to hear him in our life choices, job, how we're going to treat this coworker, how we're going to treat our kids, how we're going to manage this money. And it, and it, it becomes troublesome. Are we making the right decision? You know, uh, oh, well, Lord, I made a decision based on what I thought you heard, but it's, it's, it's not turning out right. And, and a lot of times we, we get discouraged. A lot of times we, we, we feel like, man, well, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm not even a Christian. You know, so sometimes things just kind of go up and down as we're trying to hear God. And so the, the great thing about this, though, the great thing about Going after God, hearing about your choices, uh, hearing how God wants us to make choices, hearing how God wants us to see past the worries of life and the, the challenges that come before us, is that God has an answer for us. God has an answer for us, and he gives it to us daily because we're not the only ones who feel this way. As you remember, I was a 10-year-old walking home, and I faced a challenge that it seems like everyone else had, and they had a dad, but I didn't at the moment, right? <clears throat> and so... But first, before we, before I, before I give you what his answer is, or where you, before I give you what his answer is, we've got to look at what faith is, right? We're in the 21 days of faith, right? 21 days of faith. And so we've got to look at what faith is. And, I th- and we've, you've heard this a million times, and, and, but I, I think it's important that we start there. So in Hebrews 11, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Okay, and so I was... At, at, at that young age, thinking, man, wow, 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 he's my father in heaven. I don't see him, but I'm sure, I'm convicted that that's who he is. And it was amazing for me as a 23-year-old, right? I've been, in, I've been saved for a couple of years. I'm sorry, I was a uh, 22-year-old, been saved for a couple of years. And there was little things that were happening, like getting a car, like 
uh, helping a guy move, and he's like, hey, be careful of the walls. And the way he told me to be careful as I was moving his furniture through his house, it was like, yeah, don't be so reckless. Yeah, be careful of the walls. I just painted the, like, it was little things like that that for you, just like, yeah, you should know that, or I don't know what you're talking about. What was for me was like, yes, okay, yes, I'm feeling this. And I began to see the men God put around my life. And so it, I was assured that he was my father. And so it says, now faith is assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Or as it says in Jesse 11, faith is trading your preferences for God's preferences. See, the way I would do something is totally different than the way God would do something. See, the way you would do something is different than the way God is doing something, right? So you all are here. You're not here by an accident. And I mean that both here and here on this earth and here in this room. That You're not here by accident. You, this is the divine, right? So you were given a ticket. You didn't see the ticket, but you were given a ticket, all right? Hey, which was probably an invitation or a commitment in some fashion where people, you, you've been invited here, right? And so you've been given this idea, all right, this is how I'm going to do something. But God is here to trade you tickets. And he's going to say, hey, I'm going to, if you give me that ticket, I'll give you this ticket. And his ticket is going to be a new normal for you. But it's going to be through faith. You're going to trade that ticket for this new normal. Right? And I'm going to get into what those new normals look like, or at least some examples that has happened in my life. And then you've got to think about, okay, here's some things I would like a new normal in so that God could give you a new normal. <clears throat> so... How do we hear God's preferences? How do we hear God's preferences? So the Bible has an answer to this, and that's trading our preferences for God's preferences. In Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what I've taken right here is a message within a message. And I just want to explain this to you real briefly. Um, um, I, I originally listed the scripture, but I'm just explaining it to you real briefly. Here in Romans 10, the Jews are mad at Paul for going to share with the Gentiles. But Paul is like, no, hey, calm down, calm down now. Everybody is on the same playing field. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, you need the word of God. All right? And how will I go or how will they hear unless someone is sent? And, how would someone be, uh, and if someone is sent, they, uh, how would they know unless someone preaches? And, and in that case, preaching is by the word of God. I mean, I'm sorry, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You heard last week that, you know, faith is not faith in faith, but faith in Jesus Christ. So these Gentiles aren't going to hear it unless someone is sent, unless they are preached, and they preach faith. And that's faith in Jesus Christ. All right? So, but within that is that message that they can't get faith unless they hear it. Now, I don't know where many of you are. You might be like, yeah, I'm here. Man, I don't even know who Jesus is. So you're going to have to help me figure that out today. Many of you are going to probably are thinking, all right, I know Jesus. I'm probably a year or so in. And some of you have been walking with Jesus and had a relationship with Jesus for a lifetime. Here's the great thing. The message is for everyone. Because when we put our faith in Jesus, it's just not for our salvation. It's for how we love. It's for our relationship. It's for the worries that comes up. It's for the, the conflicts that are challenging us to go back on our word to commit to Christ. That word is here for you today. That's that ticket. That's part of that ticket. Like he's getting ready to extend you a new ticket. So stay, 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 stay with me. <clears throat> uh, and so, so, so there he said, faith comes by hearing. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said, the revealed word awakened me, but it was the preached word that saved me. And I must ever attach peculiar value to hearing of the truth. And I think that hearing there is active. 
It's present. It's futuristic also in a sense of it's hearing. It's continually hearing of the truth. For by it I receive the joy and peace in which my soul delights. Hearing is so critical. What you're hearing is so critical. Because it is what's directing you. It's your rudder, right? I know the Bible talks about the tongue being a rudder, right? But it is your rudder. It's where you, it's direct. So if I hear the building's on fire, right, my idea is to get up out of the building. But if I hear the building is safe, it's here. If I hear, man, that person coming up the street looks weird, I might want to cross. You're going to cross the street. <laughs> but if I hear, man, there's an opportunity to share the gospel with a guy, I'm going to go share the gospel. So hearing is critical. Who, I want to tell you about a movie scene from the best movie ever created. Yes, yes, right. So it's just, you know, in all, of li- in all of the library of movies ever created, this is the best movie ever. Who's seen the book of Eli? Mm, he raised his hands very enthusiastically. So he and I are kindred brothers. He knows how good that movie is. So let me just give you a brief illustration of this movie, and, I'm, and I'll get to the point at the end, but you, you're going to love just You're going to love this movie. So Denzel Washington is playing an apocalyptic, I had to practice this word many times, apocalyptic, apocalyptic traveler. Everyone follow me? Did I say that right? Okay, good. Sometimes Houston comes out and you hear something else. <laughs> On a recording, I'll go back and I'll hear apostle, but I was trying to say something else. But so he's traveling across from, he's traveling west. I don't know exactly where he's coming from, but he's traveling west because it has this book, hence Book of Eli. Turns out this book is the Bible, all right? And he wants to get it to California, to basically what I believe is a publishing company. It's not a publishing company in the sense of the machine. In fact, remember, this is after some great war just happened, so it's a lot of, you know, the roads are messed up. There's really no, nothing modern. So he's traveling by feet. And, but at this factory, you know, they're gonna be able to reproduce this book. Well, he's gonna be traveling through a town and the guy that's running this town realizes that, man, there's a Bible out there somewhere. And if I could get that Bible, I could control what people are thinking and what they believe. And then he finds out that Denzel has it. All right. That's part of the movie. It has nothing to do with what I'm about to illustrate. But let's go back. Let's go back to the best scene ever in the best movie ever. Right. So he's traveling. He's got his shades on. The sun's out bright. And he's walking. And this woman is on the side of the road, and she's screaming, help, I just need a little water, whatever you could do. Da, da, da. Basically, she's saying all this so he can um, show all the treasures that he has, water, books, you know, oils, whatever, because she's trying to set him up for the rest of the goons that are hiding in the different turned-over cars or whatnot. And once he reveals that he has some things, they're going to come out and they're going to rob him. All right? Here's the kicker. Eli's blind. Now, you might be thinking, hey, dang it, I ruined the movie. No, I didn't. It is a spoiler, but guess what? I just saved you time. Because (laughs) when I watched the movie, I didn't realize he was blind. So guess what I did as soon as it got to the end? I restarted it and watched it again. Yes, you're correct. Correct your mundo. Right? So I... I, um, I, I, I immediately rewinded, watch, okay, oh, I can see how he's blind, I can see this, da, da, da. so here's the thing, though, so, but you don't know he's blind, once you figure out he's blind, you realize, man, this is a great scene, so he's walking, she cries out, da, 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 da. he's like, 
if you guys, you know, good, you know, good thing there's no body wash or something, he says like that, and tells the rest of the goons that, hey, I know you're here. Come on out. They come on out. They pick a fight with Eli. He's the star of the movie. Why would you do that? And so <laughs> the thing is, as he, before he approaches the woman, he goes under an uh, overpass, goes under, sees him, and then he begins to retract and go back under the, uh, the overpass as these people are approaching him. And in that overpass is where the fight scene happens, okay? I was going to show the clip to, for you guys, but I don't know how some people do with blood and, you know, limbs falling off, so we didn't bring it to you. So here's the kicker. Not only does it defeat or begin to lessen the, the ability for his, the opponents to see, but it increases his hearing. Because remember, he's blind. It increases his hearing. And so he's able to use the walls to hear the, the footsteps, the sound waves bouncing off the wall as he's attacking and defending himself. What you hear is so critical. How you hear the word of God is so critical. I had a guy text me, actually one of our foster sons. That's one thing I didn't mention. Tori and I, you know, we have three kids, three biological kids, but we have five foster boys, right? All over there, all wiping their bottoms now, so we're, we're actually pretty in the blue. <laughs> we have one still living with us. But he sent me a, a text, and he said, hey, the, he sent me something from 1 John, said, uh, love, uh, love your brother, and da, 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 da. And then he said, why is it telling me to only love Christians? And I was telling him, no, that's not what it's saying. It's actually saying, if you can't love your brothers, what's going on, basically? So what you're hearing, defend, uh, uh, what you're hearing will de uh, determine how you are reacting, how you're defending, how you are attacking these, this world. Because remember, our fight is not against flesh and blood but the powers and the principalities of the unseen world. So you have to be able to prepare yourself for that, but knowing what you're hearing, all right? And so I want to go into Luke 8, and you've, you've probably heard this before, especially if you've walked with Christ any amount of time. So I'm going to just read through Luke 8 in that first part just to remind you, and then I want to go into the part where, you begin, where Jesus begins to explain the parable of the sower and the seed. So Luke 8 says, And when a great crowd was getting was gathering, and people from town after town came to him. He said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears, to hear, let him hear. Him who has ears to hear, let him hear. So basically what that is saying is, look, the word of God is coming before you. Whether you believe it or not, it's coming before you. And the way you hear it, you will increase your faith, right? The way you hear, let it, let it who has ears to hear, let him hear. <clears throat> now, the parable is this. I mean, let's kind of look at this and break it down a little bit. The seed is the word of God. This is in verse 11. The one along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil cam, comes and take away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. The, the seed is the word of God. Along, the ones along this path are those who have heard. But then the devil comes along and takes it. I remember on my floor as a, uh, I think I was 21, and actually... This is before I moved in with Pastor John and Pam. I had lost money, 
I, I was, uh, first of all, I was a walk-on at KU. So I didn't have any scholarships. Everything was by loans. I had um, tapped out all the loans I could actually take. I'm in the Jayhawk Towers, which is a dorm on campus, and I'm having to move out in about a week, not knowing actually where I'm going. Um, grades aren't looking very well, and I'm on the floor, and I'm crying. Oh, God, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I, I can't really play football anymore. And so at this moment, I had to give up football. Yeah, I can't play football anymore, and I don't know what I'm going to study. And he came to me, and he said, uh, change your major to English. And I went, huh, what is the Lord talking about now? I can't believe it. <laughs> and at that moment, this faith, this idea of, man, I'm going to graduate and be the first person to graduate in my family with a degree from college left because football is over with. He wants me to, I hear someone say, do English, but that can't be from the Lord because he wouldn't ask you to do something you don't like doing. And, and I don't have a place to stay. Well, obviously things worked out. You know, I got a degree. I'm not playing football now, but I am living a life that I feel is glorifying God. And then I told you I ended up moving in with these pastors. So the work, this vision, this heart, this thing that God had given me had been snatched away because I fell into the lies. But yet God still came through. Check out this in 13. It says, and the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, there it is again. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Received it with joy. Woohoo! Yes, Lord, we got this. But these, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, fall away. And, I, and I, as I was thinking about this, a lot of times you see this with men it's in, in sexual integrity. And I'm, you know what? I'm giving up watching this stuff. I'm going to keep my eyes pure. I'm going to do this. And then when a time of testing come, they're right back in it. Or if it's a woman, you know, women want financial security, Right? But things get low, a husband lose a job, or, or, or they lose a job, and they're like, whoa, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you know, things just go, uh, uh, wire, uh, um, go haywire, right? And so we get in a situation where we, we, hit, we hear the word of God, but testing comes. Uh, this is March, so about a month and a half ago, my wife and I did a pastor's assessment in North Carolina. And we're there, we're excited, and basically this assessment is basically a uh, combine for pastors, right? Anyone know what a football combine is? Test your speed, test your, uh, your, um, how much you can bench press, you know, move around cones, et cetera. So that's what they had us doing, except the cones, right? So they were testing our speed, right, on how well we preach a message or gather funds, things like this here. And then they give you ideas on what you should do afterwards. And they didn't tell me what I liked, all right? They didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. And so because of that, because of that, I began to struggle. I began to, like, man, I, I, a lot of frustrations began to build up. I was getting in fights with everybody, even, even the neighbor's dog. What is your dog over here? Get it out of here. All right? So th there was really a lot of turmoil going on because I was missing what God has for me. And I was beginning, in a sense, to fall away. Like, maybe I'm not calling the ministry. What is it? What else is there could I do? All right? And so... But it's what I was hearing, and obviously I'm still in ministry. Things are going well. Me and my wife are still married, and we're going strong. All right? Boom. Moving on to 14. And as for what fell among the thorns, there are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. So these are the people who receive the word, and they actually begin trying to put the word together. But for some odd reason, their fruit, their fruit is not maturing. Right. So you might be in that position where, man, I've been been a final word of God, but it's not maturing. Maybe it's because of the pleasures of the world. 
what you see and what your eye, what your flesh is calling out to, has gotten in the way. And that happens. That happens. All right. But we, we're not far from God. We're not far from God. We can repent. He can get it right back in fold and we begin to produce fruit. And that's what we see in 15. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who are hearing the word. Hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. And this is what I believe like God has uh, brought me here for for you. This question of moving on to this next phase. How do I hold it in a how do I hold it? How do I hold fast in a honest and good heart? I don't think anyone ever wakes up and goes, you know what? I'm just going to be a jerk today. I'm going to just be a dummy today. You know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to just hang out on the corner and just let life pass me by. But I think we're all here because we're thinking, you know what? How can I take this next step of faith? How can I continue to grow? How can I continue to mature? And I don't have the know-all, be-all answers. I have some answers that has worked for us, that has matured us and grown us. And I think as I share those, you're going to want to say, okay, let me mark this down. This is going to help me. This is going to help me. James 1.22. And this, this verse, as I was thinking about it, it actually specifically, I'm, I, I thought about it because of the honest part. The honest part. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Looking at the mirror tells us what we naturally are, right? All right. So last time I looked at the mirror, I was washing my hands in the restroom, right? And you got to be full of faith to use those hand washers in there because they don't come on unless you pray to them. Okay. Hey, look, my hands. Is... All right. So I'm looking and I know right now that there's this little dread on this side that is like hanging off to the right. Can you guys see it? Right. I, I can't forget it. Every time I get there, it's reminded like, hey, I'm still here. I'm I'm not the one in the crowd, but I'm here. Boom. Right. But that's what honesty is. That's what honesty honesty is like. Hey, I'm right here. And the mirror is the word of God. It is going to be honest with you. It's going to tell you who you exactly are. And if you're willing to accept that, that's one of the first steps to allowing your fruit to multiply. Birth in 30, 60 and 100 fold. <clears throat> Couple things. Um, uh, three things. First thing, we're going to have to rewrite the script. If we want to hold this fast in an honest and good heart, we're going to have to rewrite the script. You're going to have to develop a hunger, and you're going to have to hear the Bible for yourself. <clears throat> rewrite the script, hunger for the word, and hear the Bible for yourself. We want to grow in faith. We want everything God has for us. These are some things that has helped Tori and I grow in faith, help us grow. Um, um, we were living in a house, not too bad, no basement, though. Uh, one kid, two foster boys. And I go over to a friend's house and I say and I'm helping him move. And I go, man, we, we, we would buy this house, man. I don't know if it's the right time for us. Long story behold, not only does he take 20,000 off the asking price, but the thing is on hold for about six months. About six months, and he's like, look, if you guys want it, we'll, we'll make a deal. And this is like the house of my dreams, right? This is like the house of my dreams. It's like, yes. And so we need to sell our house so we can buy this house. And it's the day before they gave us the deadline before someone comes and visits our house and says, we'll buy it. Mm. 
Mm-mm-mm. I'm just saying, I forgot why I told that story, but that is an amazing story to me. <laughs> first point. It happens, it happens. Not the first time. Baby, why was we arguing again? I don't know. All right, let's kiss and make up and move on. First thing, rewrite the script. Rewrite the script. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. And here's the crazy thing about that. It doesn't matter if it's a good thought or a bad thought. Take it captive, and you got to take it before the word of God. All right? You think about this, and you think negative thoughts. Right? You think, no, it's every thought captive. All right? Birds can fly over your head, but they don't have to plant a nest in your head. Right? Thoughts are going to come, but as soon as you let them plant a nest and start to kind of write their own movie, next thing you know, you're downhill. You're, you're thinking about what are you thinking? All right? Me and Tori, a week ago, I'm talking to her about something. She hangs up in my face. I'm like, I'm about to light her up when I get home. Right? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but immediately, immediately, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have to go there. All right? It's not that big a deal. It isn't that big a deal. Yeah, she hung up. Obviously, something's wrong. Boom, 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 boom. I get home, hey, babe, what's going on? All right. You know, she's kind of almost dancing around, but I'm like, hey, I'm not going to let you go with this one. Come back here. So, we, and we work it out, but we didn't argue. We didn't, you know, we didn't fight. You know, great afternoon, boom, right? Because I didn't let that thought plant in my head. Something that I'm currently working on continuously, because you might hear this and think, oh, one thought and it's over with. Yay! Boom. No, it's not. Sometimes you have these long thoughts, like you've seen my daughter Ayana, the one um, that was hanging out near the window. All right. Ayana uh, has a special way of learning. Many of people would call that a learning disability. And the many of the characteristics that she show, people might think, well, she's going to grow up and she's going to have to live with her parents. And that's what I used to think. And my heart began to grow for that. I would see her do things that was uncharacteristic of someone who would be able to live on their own. And I go, ah, yeah, it's all right. She'll be living with us. And the guy went, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that the script you're going to write? Is that the, is, are you okay with that script? And I was like, I'm actually not. I actually wanted to move out one day, you know. I would like to be just me and my wife, right? He goes, okay, so what are you going to do about that? I said, okay. I'm going to start praying for her husband. And immediately, I rewinded the movie, went back, boop, it doesn't matter. Yep, here we are, right here. No, I'm going to pray for her husband. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be thinking about how she's going to live. No, she's going to have a long, healthy life with her husband. Or I'm going to have grandkids, and I'm going to go, your mama used to do that. Get over there and sit in that corner. And so <laughs> and we're, we're going to have fun with it. We're going to have fun. No, 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 I'm not going to sit in this. I'm not going to do that. You've got to rewrite the script. What is it that keeps coming to your head that you keep worrying about, and you're just like, well, that's just the way it's going to be. That's just who that person is. That's just the way the industry is. What? As Christians, what? How about we create the new normal? We know what a new campus could look like. We know what a new uh, 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 um, company could look like. We know what that, because Jesus has given us the faith, because we had that faith that came by hearing. <clears throat> Think about this. Sober Up from Sammy Davison, who was um, uh, an entertainer and um, got drunk a lot. Sober up, and you see and hear everything you've been able to avoid hearing before. Hold up, hold up. How does drinking apply to uh, rewriting a script? It's because literally when you take a script and you go into that script, you're thinking something else as if you were drunk, right? Your, your judgment is off. Your judgment is off, all right? But if you sober up, woo, up, pause. Stop the movie. Hold on. Time out doing 16 to 30. Come on, come down. 
what is really going on, you sober up and you're actually able to hear and see what's going on. The second thing is hunger. Man, we are in such a place where we're hungering for the word of God because we literally do not do know what we're doing. Is that, is that clear? You understand? Don't clear? You? We do know what we're doing, do not know what we're doing, but we do. It's, 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 and that's what I'm saying. That's how we feel, too. So the only way through this is to really hunger for the word of God. First Peter 2, 2 says, like newborn babies, all right, like newborn babies crave that milk of the word so that you may grow in respect to your salvation. Hold up, hold up, hold up. First you said I was saved. Then you said I got to grow in my salvation. Am I saved or am I not saved? No, we were both saved and growing in our salvation. And part of that is hungering for the word so we can be continually transformed. This life of transformation. Tori's mother has had MS for 30 years. Multiple sclerosis for 30 years. And she's still walking. And I say that because typically the pers- a person who gets MS will end up in a, ha- in a wheelchair because they are losing access to their limbs and typically their lower body. When she found out she had it, after some testing, she took a, uh, someone suggested a book to her that had a diet, well, uh, a st- uh, strenuous diet. Did I say that right? I guess from all the heads that saying no, yes, okay. So I'm thinking about it, right? And she, she's, she thought about it and said, look, a lot of people do not survive this diet. They just give up, but not her. She saw something that God had given her that told her, look, I'm, I'm not going to be that person. I, I, want, I want to have complete, I want to use all my limbs as long as I'm living. That's who I want to be. So she took this diet and has stuck to it over 30 years. And what has happened is she, she created a new normal where, like me, I like cake and it would be hard to take that diet, right? <laughs> She said, well, no, 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 no. If I'm going to like cake, I'm, it's going to be a, a different kind of cake, right? If, 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 if I'm going to eat chicken, it's going to be, a diff- it's going to be fried a different way. She, and what happened, her body began to crave that certain nutrients, though how those nutrients were prepared. If you've ever went on a diet before, probably all of us, and then you went back to your old way of eating, you might have felt a little sick, a little woozy, because your body was beginning to crave something. Imagine if you did that with the word of God. Let's say you're just struggling with mm, finances. What does the Bible say about finances? Well, I'm going to eat that word every day. What, is it, what, if it, what if it is relationships? What is the Bible talking about relationships, about community, about uh, being a good coworker, being a good boss? Whatever it is, what if you just went through the Bible and said, I'm going to crave these words, I'm going to eat it, Boom. The last one is hear the Bible for yourself. And then I like this verse because I, I think it's, it's a pinnacle for you to understand this. In J- Joshua 1.8, it says, The book of the law should not depart from my mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your, prosper, your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And so what I need you guys to hear right here, remember, this is God talking to Joshua as they're getting ready to enter a new land. What is the new land you want to enter? What is that new place you want to enter? What is it? Begin to dive into this word. I want to close here, but I, I want to close with what the vision of heaven would look like if we really dove into this, what the kingdom of heaven would look like here. And it goes to Matthew 12, 34. 
For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. All right, let me go on this trip with me right quick. So whatever's good in you comes out of you good, right? Whatever, whatever you store up good, that's what's going to come out. Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has. So are you willing to sell all that you have for this treasure God is wanting to give you? This new script I have about Ayana, I'm going to sell all that I have. I'm not going to delve into that, but I'm going to sell out for this pearl that I know how she's going to end up, right? Ayana Pearl is actually her middle name. <clears throat> Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who's searching for fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that they had and bought it. All right, if I'm going to enter this new land, are you willing to sell everything? I'm going to fast forward. I'm just going to end right here on uh, new and old treasures. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained of the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out his treasures, what is new and what is old. God is wanting to give you new treasures. God is wanting to give you new treasures. And even as the uh, worship team is about to come up, I want you guys to be thinking about what is the old treasures you have and what is the new treasures you have? What are the old treasures? And I'm sorry, what are some new treasures that you want? One of our desires as we're in East Lawrence is to teach families how to live as a family. Many families eat eat their dinners around a TV. But statistics say families who eat together around a table, their kids typically have a healthier academic life because they're able to just download and talk and, and commune with one another in a different way. Many of the families in our area just made one financial mistake and so it sent them downhill, but how can we help them recover? So we wanna offer financial classes. These old tools, these old treasures that God has given us, it's what we want to share with them. And also the new ones. How? From inner city Houston, a gangster, drug selling, meet up with a woman, country, middle of nowhere, <laughs> literally middle of nowhere, right? Together, come together in a racial, racial high intense culture with everything that's going on and can be married for as long as we have. And looking forward to, to sitting on the porch holding hands with one another as 92-year-olds. <clears throat> That's the type of tools we want to give people these new treasures. As they're going to, uh, can we play just something soft? Just uh, I want you to think right now. What is it? Believe right now. This is your moment of faith. What is it? What is it that you want God to give you? I had a vision for Pastor Hub when I came in. I told him that I saw a person walking out on the steps. And each step were like little bitty fireballs. The person wasn't getting burnt, but they were walking out. And what it was is just the passion and faith that this person was taking. And as they took more and more steps, you could be seen, be, begin to see this thin path kind of open up. And just as the Bible talks about, and you begin to bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold, that's what God is wanting to give you. What is that new treasure you're looking for? What is the new land? <clears throat> God, I just thank you. I thank you for that you are, are preparing our hands, that you're giving us gifts, Lord, and that you're wanting us to grow in faith, that you're giving us ears to hear, Lord, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God.